BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, guy. Guy Haberman here. Welcome. Live on YouTube or not live or in the podcast feed, however you're consuming. If you're listening to the podcast, you can watch on YouTube in the description. If you're watching on YouTube, you can listen in podcast form. That link is down in the description as well. Before we get into anything, quickly want to address J.J. Redick, who used Guy as a slur on Tuesday when he tweeted at Pat Beverly during some fight about something, Doc Rivers, I think, quote, Pat, my guy. I had a four-year offer with a player option, blah, 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 blah. My guy is not a bad word. My guy is a good word. Used between buds and buddettes. So, JJ, start using it properly. This morning, Wednesday morning, got up, eagerly anticipating friend of the show, Tim Kawakami's mailbag. Because I saw Tim tweet on Tuesday that he was going to predict, make his guess, not report, who the Niners' next defensive coordinator is going to be. So, what did he write? This is what he wrote. My realistic guests offered on a couple podcasts last week are Gus Bradley, Colts DC, and Jets defensive coordinator Jeff Ulbrich. I'm not sure about either of their contractual situations, but I will continue to guess Ulbrich. Okay, first things first. Uh, you know, Jeff Olbrick's a guy whose name has come up a few times when uh, we've had conversations about it. People have brought him up to me uh, in streams and DMs and that sort of thing. Uh, he's the Jets defensive coordinator. My response when people have brought him up to me is, well, he's the Jets defensive coordinator. You can't make lateral moves in the NFL without your current employer letting you go. So what Kawakami is saying is, for whatever reason, he thinks there's some reason that just maybe the Jets might be amenable to letting him go. All right, interesting. On we go. More, more from what Tim wrote. Ulbrich, a former Niners linebacker, remains close with people inside the organization. You'd have the most motivation of those two to want the job. So he'd have the most motivation of those two to want the job. I mean, the Jets situation is a little hairy. Uh, so maybe he means that, that it feels like they're on the verge of getting fired. Maybe he means, well, he's from here. He's from Morgan Hill, played for the Niners his whole career. Okay, maybe it's about that. First line, remains close to many people in the organization. Think about the people who've been here since Jeff Ulbrich was drafted in the third round back in 2000. Parag Marate, Jed York, 
uh, people like that. Um, so maybe he's always maintained those relationships. Ten years with the organization, Patrick Willis would seem to be an, a former teammate of his, maybe an advocate of his. Okay, on we go. More TK. Uh, would Now Tim asked the most important question. Would the Jets let him make a lateral move? I don't know. But I think there would be momentum for this if the 49ers and Ulbrich want it to happen. One thing Tim wrote that I didn't read in here is he thinks the Niners are very motivated to get something done um, before the NFL Combine begins. And the Combine uh, is uh, next Thursday. The Combine is just about a week away. So he thinks the Niners want to get this cleaned up quickly. So when I read this, and Tim writes later in his article, this is not a report, this is a guess. This is my guess, but as we know, Tim makes educated guesses. Tim doesn't just throw stuff at the wall, despite some people wanting to dismiss every one of, an opi- every one of his opinions because maybe he blocked them one time. That's your prerogative, but I think you'd be missing out on uh, somebody who has an idea what he's talking about. Um, so I think that this is a very interesting part of this, right? Why would the Jets let him do this? And... There's two reasons, and I don't know which one it is. I've been trying to read Jet stuff this morning and uh, figure out exactly. On one hand, you'd be concerned. They don't want him. He's been their defensive coordinator for three years. This is a must-win season. It's the end of February, and they would just let him go? That would happen for one of two reasons. And we don't know the answer to which one it is. On one hand, major red flag. Why don't they want him? On the other hand, the other reason would be they really respect him. He has a chance to go back to the team that he played for, a chance to go back home uh, where he grew up, a chance to be a defensive coordinator for an offensive head coach. Now, he is the defensive coordinator. You read all this Jet stuff. Jeff Ulbrich is the one doing the game plans. He's the D.C. Uh, But being the D.C. for a defensive head coach is different than for an offensive head coach, even though Kyle does get involved. Uh, We'll talk more about that in a minute. Just like being an offensive coordinator for an offensive head coach, you probably just have a little, most times, a little less freedom than you do. Uh, Now, again, Kyle got involved this year, but Kyle doesn't want to be involved. Kyle doesn't want to be involved in the defense. Kyle doesn't want Fred Warner knocking on the door. Yo, coach, you got a second? Uh, Do you have 10 minutes? I want to talk to you about the defensive coordinator. I'm thinking maybe we move him from the booth to the field, even though he doesn't want to do it, right? Kyle doesn't want to do with that. People think Kyle wants to like have his hand in all this. No, he drafted Jake Moody, so he doesn't have to think about special teams. And um, he wants a defensive coordinator that lets him not think about defense. It's not the stuff he wants to think about. So uh, we don't know the answer as to why would the Jets let this happen. But Tim clearly thinks there's a chance. And the other thing that I think you should read into this or that I read into this is that the Niners do want him, right? That if Jeff Holbrook is not the Niners' choice, it may be because the Jets are keeping him, not because the Niners didn't want him. Uh, and it may be that's why that it hasn't happened yet, right? I, I think like most Niners searches, uh, this one has no smoke, no reports of who's interviewing, no reports of they talked to so-and-so, they didn't talk to so-and-so, they haven't talked to Bill. That's the way these guys want to operate. Uh, I think that's a good thing. Um, I'd love a bunch of rumors, I mean, from a content standpoint, but I think it's a good thing. And I think it 
it may tell us if they've got some urgency and they're not hiring internal that maybe another organization is the holdup. Maybe the Jets are the holdup here. Um, so uh, one last thing here from Tim that I'll read. Uh, he goes on to say, Ulbrich is my guess, just a guess. I don't see Shanahan and Lynch going the big name former head coach route. So that eliminates Vrabel, Carroll, Belichick. Um, Brandon Staley gets eliminated by that category. And I don't think that's what's happening now. Most likely, it'll be somebody tied to the Seattle system. It'll be linebacker focused. Ulbrich checks that box, linebacker. Uh and it'll be more of an up-and-comer than a legend grudgingly moving to an assistance role. I think, Ulbrich, if the contractual complications can be ironed out, is the likeliest candidate. I'm not reporting it, just guessing it. If not Ulbrich, maybe another Jeff Stafford, Marquand Manuel, or Texans linebackers coach Chris Kiffin. Uh, you know, those are two guys with much less coordinator experience. Then Ulbrich, they don't really check every box, although Manuel was the Falcons DC for two years. Uh, former player, Kyle likes that, was a safety. Chris Kiffin was on the Niners staff for a couple of years as a pass rush specialist coach. Uh, he was a defensive coordinator one time back in 2017 at Florida Atlantic University, where I was surprised to find out they were 34th in the nation in points defensively. Uh, also, Gus Bradley, I'll just mention the Colts were 28th each of the last two years in defensive uh, points. So uh, that's some of Ulbrich. Ulbrich, I did not view in the up-and-comer category, but there was a big article in The Athletic from a Jets writer a couple months ago about Jeff um, and why he's head coaching material and becoming the Niners DC. You know, maybe he's telling Robert Salah, Robert, look, I – I want to be a head coach. Let me go be Cal's DC. That'll give me a shot. That's a really interesting dynamic. And ultimately, you know, you don't want to keep a coach around. You don't want to keep anybody around that doesn't want to be around, right? They don't want to hold Jeff Ulbrick against his will, but he's also their defensive coordinator and it's late February. And maybe they've got an internal guy. Maybe they have an internal guy they want to promote. Maybe they have a guy that they're afraid they would lose next year. If there is a next year, I don't really get the sense the Jets are thinking that way right now. Right? It feels like they are. We'll see. It feels like they are all in on this year. They're desperate. Um, I was just watching Mike Greenberg, who's tied in with the Jets, talking about how desperate they are in television. So odd dynamic. Um, there's some logic to it. It wouldn't be a guy just leaving for anywhere. So there's some logic. You could understand they let him go, but they like him. But it's still odd if you let a coach go at this point. You'd have to uh, ask the question, why? Here's some of what was said about him in the, this article back in December by a Jets writer for The Athletic. Uh, I'll fly. Th I'll hit a few of these things. Ulbrich doesn't chew players out. His method's positive reinforcement. Uh, not all coaches have that pedigree. Defensive aide Jermaine Johnson says he's just a real coach. He's done it. That's important to me. It's very easy to take what he says and apply it because I know he's done it. Uh, I don't see why he wouldn't be a head coach. I think everything good that comes from him, he deserves 100%. Okay. Uh, one of their uh, defensive backs said, uh, oh, this is Tony Adams, not Jamal, uh, said you can expect consistency out of Brick. Great nickname. You can expect consistency out of Brick. He does a great job teaching us, holding us accountable. Uh, doesn't leave anybody out. I think you sometimes get coaches who don't care. He cares for us as players. You could tell 
as a player, the way we go out and play for him. It's not by accident. Look, the Jets have had very good defenses the last few years. Robert Sala and their talent gets a lot of credit. But what the players are saying is you got to give Jeff Ulbrich some of that credit. Uh, they ranked 12th in points this year, third in yards. Last year, fourth in points, fourth in yards. They were number three in defensive DVOA. And three and four by a wide margin, the Niners were fourth in that category. So this would feel like if this were the higher, I don't know if safe pick would be the answer, but safer than some of the other guys that Kyle has hired, right? This is a huge hire for Kyle Shanahan. This is his fourth defensive coordinator hire. He nailed the first two. Uh, the third one did not go well in a sense. He didn't bring him back. So from that standpoint, it was a failure. But on one hand, it was a success. I mean, they're on the verge of winning the Super Bowl. If the offense makes one more play, then Steve Wilkes and that defense helped them earn a ring. And we're talking about what a great job they did on Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. So even though I don't think he's scapegoating Steve Wilkes, I know some people disagree with that. And I think that even had they won the Super Bowl, they might have arrived at this conclusion. I also think it's a high pressure hire for Kyle, right? If you're going to fire Steve Wilkes, a guy who's been around the NFL, everyone's familiar with Steve Wilkes. People respect Steve Wilkes. You're going to fire Steve Wilkes after your team goes to the Super Bowl. The ver you play five quarters of Super Bowl football. Uh, you better get the next one right. And does it? I was texting with a friend of the show, our buddy John Dickinson from KMBR. He's like, "Well, you better." I should just have JD on and give his takes. He's like, but you, you can't just hire some guy who's never done it to replace Steve Wilkes and then not catch all of the heat if it doesn't go better. Because in theory, your talent might go down this year. right? You might be a little worse on defense, which we'll see. I, I don't know if Hufunga comes back. We'll see what their talent looks like. Uh, better Bosa to start the season. So it's a good spot to be if you're a defensive coordinator. Uh, but I think when I read those Jets quotes to you, the reason I read those quotes is, if this is the guy they hire, um, you know, I think a lot's going to be made of how good he is with players. And you'll hear like there were some quotes in this article uh, from Patrick Willis about what a great teammate it was, what a great teammate he was for young Patrick comes in the league and the veteran Ulbrich is there and he's always building him up. Right. So there's gonna be a lot of that. And I think one of the questions will be and I don't think I don't know they would answer this. But clearly there was a disconnect and, you know, we started getting the hints of it in the middle of the year between the way that Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, these are the guys you have to satisfy on defense, want to play in the way Steve Wilkes wanted to play. And I think what you have to be careful of if you're Kyle Shanahan is then overcorrecting and hiring a defensive coordinator who will just do whatever your star players want to do who will just be their buddy and not their coach. And the good news with Patrick Will uh, with uh, Jeff Ulbrich, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of experience, NFL playing and coaching experience. And um and you know, in an ideal world, Kyle will just go hands off. Ulbrich will do what he does. He'll take input from Warner and Bosa. He already does what they do, so there won't be a lot of, you know, static on the feedback loop because he's coming from Robert Sala and he's going to have a very clear sense of you know, what these players are used to, what they understand, what they like, how to put them in positions to succeed, that sort of thing. But there's just a, there's a fine line that um, I think any coach who's coaching players who've had success, who are star players, who clearly have the ear of their head coach, right? Those guys, they have the ear of their head coach. There's a fine line 
between just doing whatever they want and maybe sometimes finding things that'll make them better and making them uncomfortable. And, you know, it's, it is incumbent on the players to be coachable to go, okay, we'll try it your way. You want, you want to try something? Let's try that. And I think Fred and Bosa did that. I think both those guys are really coachable. And so it should, it should work out. It does seem like this year they gave it a shot. Wilkes will try it your way. They didn't like it. And then they said to Kyle, we don't, this has got to change. And they changed. So I do think those guys tried. And I think they'll probably be open-minded to being coached. But again, they'll be hearing things. If this is the guy, they'll be hearing things from him that, um, that they already, uh, you know, that they already like, they already agree with that sort of thing. The, the other interesting thing to me about Ulbrich is that he's different than the other three coordinators the 49ers have had on defense from a personality standpoint. You know, Robert Sala, very outgoing, very demonstrative on the sidelines. But he's a stoic, kind of quieter leader. Uh, D'Amico Ryans, not as demonstrative on the sidelines, but I think it turned out very similar to Sala, stoic. Uh, Steve Wilkes, definitely stoic, right? More stoic probably than those other two guys. Ulbrich is different than those three guys from a personality standpoint. He's a, a he's more of a talker. <laughs> Not that those guys didn't talk, but you know, you mic him up. You're going to get different stuff than if you mic up Wilkes, D'Amico and Salah. I, maybe those guys got mic'd up and I missed it. I'm sure they did. Surely D'Amico or Salah got mic'd up once by the 49ers content team. Um, and maybe I've forgotten it or maybe I missed it. So somebody sent it to me. Ulbrich did get, I remember watching Hard Knocks, and this is what I said, i got to be transparent here. This is what I said early in the week when somebody asked me about Ulbrich. I said, uh, you know, this is kind of different. When you watch Hard Knocks, Ulbrich is a different personality, and I wonder how well that melds. It's a different personality from his defensive coordinator than he's had, and so, you know, the question would be, do they, do they meld? Does it, does it bother Kyle? Does it bother him to have a DC who's maybe a little more talkative? Talkative is not the word, but engages maybe a little bit differently. But I don't know the guy. You go read some of what was said about him. You hear uh, what some of what Patrick Willis said about him, and they say uh, positive things. So anyway, there you go. That's that is that is some about him. Some questions about it from uh, you guys. How can they hire him away from the Jets? The Jets have to cooperate. Uh, Richard on the stream says, another puppet for Kyle. Big surprise. I, again, I, I, I believe Kyle doesn't want to puppet the defensive coordinator. Kyle doesn't even want to think about the defensive. Kyle does not want to be popping into the defensive meeting rooms. Kyle doesn't want to be talking to the coordinator about, oh, I think you should move down to the field from the, from the booth. Kyle doesn't want to do any of that stuff. Which, by the way, I, I didn't think of it till just now. I'm pretty sure when I watch the Jets that Ulbrich is on the sideline. Let me just do a quick uh, Google image search. Yeah, he's on the sideline during game. So already he fits with what those guys want. Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out. And then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's 
high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code ham50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks. America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38.5 right now, but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered... Can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and point your toes west. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel, vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. 
search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app. And uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc yesterday i did a video about what the niners could expect in trade offers for brandon Ayuk, and uh, many of you watched that video so thank you for that and uh, many of you commented on that video so thank you for that i went through that uh, the comments on that video this morning picked out a few that I wanted to uh, respond to a few comments that I wanted to respond to. And uh, the first one comes from pimpin is a non-contact sport 2096. You see, I had to add the 2096 because somebody already had pimpin is a non-contact sport as a YouTube handle. I don't care what anybody says. The content creators love this. Uh, News is good and no news is bad for content. So you're right about that. Uh, it, it, but this is not like Brandon Ayuk. Here's the other thing. Let's also not act like Brandon Ayuk is a non-story, a non-issue. We'll see. Brandon Ayuk may not show up without a contract. There's a ton of receivers right now that are in a weird spot. Mike Evans wanted an extension, didn't get it. Justin Jefferson, what's he going to get? Stephon Diggs, is he done in Buffalo? So there's a lot of just just a ton of receiver news out there right now, and the Brandon Ayuk news is real news, uh, and also I enjoy talking about it. So yes, but it but it's legit. Um, this was a comment from Ricardo in the uh, comment section yesterday. He said, "I think Antonio Pierce is looking to trade 13 to go up and get Jaden Daniels. Let's just say there's more of a history with Jaden Daniels than Ayuk coming from ASU. So that point is the Raiders would." The Raiders aren't using the 13th pick on uh, on Brandon because they're going to need that 13th pick to get up and uh, and draft their quarterback. I think they're going to have to get up pretty high the way it's trending right now. I, it does feel pretty crazy, right, to have Aiden O'Connell with Brandon Ayuk and uh, Devontae Adams. You know, the tough thing for the Raiders, they they only have one second, they only have one third, they only have one fourth, they only have one fifth, they only have one sixth. So they probably, you know, you're looking at trading uh, 13 and maybe a one next year to get up to where uh, New England at three might make sense 
if they don't love any of the quarterbacks, then it would make sense for New England maybe to move back a little bit and you know begin this rebuild. So can you get up to three? Does getting the three guarantee a Jaden Daniels, or does Washington like him at two? Four, Arizona not taking a quarterback. Five, the Chargers not taking a quarterback. Six, seven, could Giants and Titans. Falcons, Bears at nine. Jets at 10. Yeah, so I mean, there's going to be some competition. Now, luckily, there's a lot of quarterbacks, but I think this is a, uh, I think it's a good comment. Finally, this one was interesting on uh, an IU extension. The Chisler asked, guy, hey, hey, guy, can they pay Brandon Ayuk? And after a few years, when it's time to pay Brock, or before it's time to pay Brock, can they then trade Debo? Interesting question. Uh, Short answer, yes. Um, The time to pay Brock will likely be this time next year. Uh, Coming off of the 2024 season, he'll have one more year under contract, and that's generally when you want to extend these guys. And if he's playing just as well as he played this year or better, then you're definitely going to want to um, bring him back, right? Now, he will be under contract for 2025, and if there is this belief in the NFL that he's some Shanahan uh, creation – then you'd really have no problem getting into 2025 knowing that uh, maybe he's not going to get the big free agent quarterback offers. You know, his quarterbacks never get to free agency, but he's not even getting those offers knowing you could tag him. The tag for a quarterback this year is 36 million. So figure going into 2020, uh, going into the 2026 season, you know, if you played out 2024, don't extend him. play him in 2025 I don't know, figure it'll be $41 million or 42 or $43 million, which would still 45 even, which in 2026 would definitely be, you know, not top 10 quarterback money. That'd be top 10 quarterback money. Now will be interesting to see what uh, Tua gets, but let's just play out the scenario where they, he plays really well this year and they want to extend him, right? But they don't want to extend him for $55 million. I, I, I do think the Tua contract will be, Really interesting. I, the Niners are not going to want to pay. I think the odds are good that they're not going to want to pay him top of the quarterback market. They don't They don't pay any. They don't do it. They don't put themselves in bad spots with quarterback contracts. So remember that. Anyway, that's not the question here. So let's just say they are entertaining some sort of Brock extension after next season, but it's not top of the quarterback market because it's an extension. And they're going to know that he's going to make a million dollars in 2020. 25. That's what it'll make, right? Or somewhere around there. And um, then they'll have the right to tag him the following year. They're not going to do that. We're not going to get there, but they could, right? They could hold that over a minute negotiation. And that's $40 million. So maybe they tell them, look, take take 42 million over four years. Whatever. Let's just say that's the conversation we're having. In 2025, Debo has a cap number of $24 million. But next year. He, Debo Samuel has a post June one dead cap number of $6.6 million. Very palatable. You can take that. Uh, whether it's a cut or a trade after June 1st, that's what his dead cap number would be. So the answer to the question, could you re-sign Ayuk? And then when it's around the time to give Brock Purdy a contract, could you trade Debo Samuel? Post June one palatable, even cut. We're just talking about what the numbers say. Now, Debo might restructure this offseason, which would change the math and change the dynamic there. Two, 
He may not be very tradable in a year. I don't know. We'll see. Three, you may not want to trade him. The flip side of that is you might still really like Debo Samuel next year. I know everybody is down on Debo right now. And I think it's a combination of the Super Bowl, the J.T. O'Sullivan Super Bowl breakdown, and the fact that it feels like they have to choose right now, that if Ayuk leaves, it'll be because they kept Debo Samuel, partly true, um, and that you know people are taking sides on Ayuk versus Debo. I don't think much has changed on Debo. Um, let's see how he comes back this offseason with Ayuk potentially holding out. All eyes will be on Debo Samuel, see how he responds to the Super Bowl loss. Uh, I'm going to zig when everybody else is zagging here because everybody's killing Debo right now off the Super Bowl. And um, as I said yesterday, and as uh, some of you are new here, like very new, some of you got here yesterday, so welcome. Thank you. As I've been saying since camp, go balls. They throw one of practice to Debo. They don't hit. They don't hit them. So the fact that they didn't catch, they didn't run a great route, catch a, do- a go ball on an all pro nickel, Trent McDuffie, should not surprise anybody. And I'm not going to kill Debo for that at all. Uh, so anyway, every, everyone's down on him. I'll uh, I'll hold. I'll hold. I'll hold on the Debo stock at this moment. Maybe I'll buy a little. So that's that. Okay, that's that's that for those for those two conversations. Couple other things I wanted to. Say real quick as it relates to receivers. Somebody sent me a DM this morning and said, is Mike Evans going to go ring chasing with the Chiefs? And would that be bad? That would be bad. Mike Evans on the Chiefs would be bad. Um, You just have the feeling that Kansas City is going to do something this offseason. Dramatic. They always do dramatic stuff. When you start winning at the level they start winning, you start getting people willing to take less money to come play for you. However, I don't think Mike Evans is going to be in that category. Now, Mike might go, maybe they find a way to pay Mike Evans, but Mike Evans is 30 years old, 31, going to be 31 years old. So while he's past his prime, he's still a very good receiver. Mike Evans has made $110 million in his career, which on one hand is a lot of money. On the other hand, he wanted a big contract before this last season. And the Bucs said, he actually made him like a trade. He made him like a ultimatum, like borderline trade demand. Now, as we know, he ended up playing uh, on the contract that he had. But uh, at $110 million career earnings, I think Mike Evans is looking at one more cash in. I don't think Mike Evans is looking at ring chase for cheap. And if the Chiefs need ring chase for cheap, then I don't think they're getting Mike Evans. Now, if they find a way to move stuff around and give Mike Evans a contract that he feels like is market value uh, or close to it, then fine. You know, the market may be suppressed by a lot of receivers being available, uh, not just in potential trades and free agency. T. Higgins is out there, but also in the draft. So, you know, maybe this is not a... a, uh, People aren't paying a premium for receivers this year. We'll see. But I don't think Mike Evans looks at $110 million like, I've made my money. I think he looks at it like, that's my career earnings in 10 years. Dudes are getting $20 million more than that on four-year contracts now. So I need to cash in again. I think Mike Evans is a contract away. And it does, you know, he should, 
he projects to age well because of his size. He's not speed reliant. So I think he he's thinking, I cash in here, then I get another deal. You know, maybe I cash in, they cut me after three years, and then that's my time to go ring chasing. I don't think this is that time. But doesn't mean he won't end up there, that they won't find a way. Uh, another piece of news this morning was I flipped on Espen and I saw Micah Parsons screaming at Stephen A. Smith. They were playing clips from the Stephen A. Smith show and uh, Micah Parsons was doing his Skip Bayless. I mean, Micah wasn't just yelling for the sake of yelling. He was talking about how every a- there's all these AFC quarterbacks, nobody's done anything, blah, 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 blah. And uh, while I respect his media grind, uh, I think it's weird. <laughs> I, I, I love that Mike is out there doing his pod for him. That's cool. You should do your thing. But uh, it's just another reminder that the Cowboys aren't going to find it. There's just always something a little off with them. Mike Zimmer's not going to walk in and start telling Micah Parsons, hey, Micah, you know what, man? I think we got to cut out the podcaster in this season. That's not happening. Uh, I would encourage Mike Zimmer not even try it. But, but the Cowboys are just always making noise. And um, it's part of the reason why they maintain their spot as the number one brand in the sport and one of the top three brands in American sports, the Yankees, the Lakers. Um, but it's not going to help them win championships. And I think it's just a continuation of all this stuff that is always Dallas. Jerry talks all the time. Uh, there's just always something. And um, I'd like to welcome you to what is this going to be? Is this going to be year four? Are we approaching year four? Yeah, we're approaching year four of me saying that Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys can't win it. Can't win the big one. Can't win it all. And uh, feeling pretty good. What was this for you? 20, 21, 22? 23. Oh, no, it's year five. We're going to year five. All right. Um, I should go find it if I can. I don't know if I can, but I said it after the Cowboys first game. After their first game. It was a Sunday uh, under Mike McCarthy back in 2020. And um, we did a podcast. I believe it was the Rams. Let's check. Yep. Rams. They lost to the Rams. In Mike McCarthy's first game, and I said, oh, they hired the wrong guy. And um, I've only been writer ever since, and um, I'm looking forward to year five. I'm looking forward to year five of that, so fired up about it. And uh, finally today, finally, and when I say finally, I mean finally, Apple has released a score app for iPhone. Now, I've been an Apple owner since the OG first-generation iPhone 1. I remember the day very clearly. I bought a BlackBerry, came back to my office where I worked at the time. That was 1430 ESPN, radio in Fresno. And I said, check out my new BlackBerry. And my boss, Chris Pacheco, said, take it back. The new iPhone just came out, and I'm buying it for you. So I took it back. I got the new iPhone. Since that day, I have not found a good score app. I don't know about you guys. I've used them all. I've used The Score. I've used ESPN. I've used Yahoo. I've used uh, league apps. I've got the NFL app, the MLB app, the NBA app. 
None of them are, none of them get it right. I don't know how none of them get it right. None of them get it right. None of them ever get it right. So I got to upgrade to uh, iOS 17, I guess. I tried to download the new uh, Apple app this morning and, and, and it didn't work because I don't have the new software. And then I'm going to try out the new Apple Score app and I can't wait. Cannot wait. So uh, I have high hopes that it'll give me everything I want. All I want from a Score app is exactly what I want when I want it. That's all I ask for. And I'm hoping that uh, Apple can pull that off. Uh, another comment from Michael. This is, this is a great comment, Michael. Michael says, damn. Last week, all you guys talked about was Belichick. <laughs> well, yeah, there doesn't seem to be a lot going on there. Now, I guess in the case of Bill, we wouldn't really know until it happens. Because with the Niners, we don't know anything until it happens. I shouldn't say we don't know anything. But uh, in the case of the defensive coordinator hire, there's no rumors. There's no nothing. But um, it does not feel like Bill is about to become the defensive coordinator of the 49ers or Vrabel. That'd be too bad. We tried. Okay. On that note, thanks for hanging out this Wednesday morning. I will be back. Actually, I'll be back later today. But I'll definitely be back Thursday morning live as well. I keep saying it because you guys keep jumping in here. These morning lives do well. There's a lot of you here. Hit that like button. People say to me, what are you going to do in the offseason? Um, what, what, what's the plan here on the channel? Are you going to keep doing content? As long as you keep watching it on YouTube, then yes. So the more you watch it, the more I do it. It's this cool little cycle. Same applies to the podcast. If you want to, if you're listening to the podcast, you can go check out the YouTube. I've said that earlier. Um, so I won't repeat what I said at the beginning, but anyway, thanks for being here today. We'll be back tomorrow and um, maybe I will, I will be back before that actually. And uh, remember, guy is not a mean thing to call somebody. We're going to change the game here. Use it. This is not boss. This is not Haas. This is not chief. Chief. This is guy. Hey, guy. You're a guy. Be that guy. My guy. And, and by the way, anybody can be a guy. Hey, guy. Right? Anybody. Like, you know, as long as you're cool. All right. On that note, I'm out for now. Thanks for hanging out and uh, talk to you soon. Later.